Today on the Daily Getter Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagen, we are going to take a look at uh, some thoughts on how Biden's being treated extremely unfairly, and it, it really is disturbing. Uh, and just wait, wait for the punchline, okay? From Vox, we've got two stories. One from a writer who thinks that uh, COVID was great somehow because it gave us a break from capitalism. And one who thinks that we need to flatten the curve. We need to go back and flatten the curve because it worked so damn well the first time. New York City says it is going to prioritize certain people if it comes to distributing uh, a low supply of COVID-19 treatments. Guess who's going to be the odd man out? And guess what's going to be determined on? Just wait for that one, my friends. <clears throat> We're going to go to Canada, not literally, the land of hockey and, well, the glory of hockey. And then there's uh, Canada's ideal, genius ideal to, fi to fight global warming. They're going to ban plastic items. Wait till you hear the list of what they're going to ban. And Joe Biden is fighting. He's ready to fight. He's ready to go after uh, the meat industry like it was corn pop or something. If you remember that story from the campaign trail. All that and more, my friends, today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought with me, Doug Hagan. And yes, I have been absent. I apologize. My bad. My bad. And away we go, my friends. Again, time to kick this pig. I believe I did not say that in the uh, in the open. Let's go to New York City, a place I hope never to have to go to again. Uh, the New York City is saying it's going to have to prioritize certain people uh, <clears throat> in distributing low supply of, of their COVID-19 treatments. Empire State considers being a minority, uh, being a minority, a health risk factor uh, due to longstanding systemic health and social inequities. In other words, if you're a white person, guess who's last on the list to get treatment? That's right. If they're short of something and there's a uh, kind of a low supply, it won't matter when you were admitted or any type of order like that. It's not going to be just a random draw. It's just going to be, well, they are a white guy. And, uh, you know, there's been inequities in the past. There's been racism, inequality, and blah, 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 blah. So we're going to give it to this person who's actually not as sick as the white guy. But you know what? We got enough white guys, don't you think? Social justice, equity, my friends, in action. Ain't nothing justice about, uh, just rather about social justice. <clears throat> From Fox News, New York's Department of Health released a document. The document detailed a plan to distribute the treatments such as monoclonal antibody treatments and antiviral pills based, yes, on race. That's what they're admitting to. 
The plan includes a section on eligibility uh, for the scarce antiviral pills that people must meet uh, to receive the treatment, including a line stating a person needs to have a medical condition or other factors that increase their risk for severe illness. That makes sense. But what are the risk factors, right? Excuse me. One such risk factor is being a race or ethnicity that is not excuse me, that is not white. Why is this? Because of long-standing systemic health and social inequities. <clears throat> Pardon me, non-white race or Hispanic Latino ethnicity should be considered a risk factor as long-standing systemic health and social inequities have contributed to an increased risk of severe illness and death from COVID-19. Now, notice they didn't say that if you uh, are a certain race, that race is more susceptible. So it's nothing to do with your race in that way. This is just a way to further push socialism, Marxism, the joys of Marxism on America. That's right. We're going to treat you how, uh, well, on things that really shouldn't be considered, like your skin color. Remember for years when socialized medicine was discussed, I remember this growing up, and the argument from the left was, oh, we're not, we'll never ration care. We'll never do anything unfair to a lot treatment. You, everyone will be taken care of in the manner best for them. And people on the right would say, no, you're going to ration care. You'll find a way. Well, welcome to New York City. Uh, Carol Markovic. Markowitz, excuse me, on Twitter says the New York State Health Department of Health warns they don't have enough uh, Paxlovid, uh, that's the antiviral pills, or monoclonal antibody treatment, and white people need not apply. And here's the eligibility. <clears throat> she has uh, tweeted a copy of this. See if I can read here. Oral antiviral treatment is authorized for patients who meet all the following criteria. 12 years of age or older, weighing at least uh, 88 pounds for Paxlovid, or 18 years and older for uh, uh, the mono, good Lord, monopiravir, uh, test positive for SARS-CoV-2 on a nucleate acid amplification test or antigen test results from an FDA-authorized home test kit should be validated through video or photo, but if not possible, patient, uh, patient statement basically is adequate. <clears throat> Have mild to moderate COVID-19 symptoms. Patient cannot be hospitalized due to severe or critical COVID-19. Able to start treatment within five days of symptom onset. Have a medical condition or other factors that increases their risk for severe illness. Then you come to this non-white race or Hispanic Latino ethnicity should be considered a risk factor. Uh, as long-standing systemic health and social inequities have contributed to an increased risk of severe illness or death from COVID-19. So they're going to go through all the normal stuff. Then they're going to say, hmm, you're white. They're black or they're Hispanic or they're Asian. So guess what? Better start saying your prayers. You're going to need some extra help. Absolutely despicable, my friends. Absolutely despicable. And uh, expect this kind of uh, this kind of evil to spread. Let's talk about an evil virus. This is just ugliness, frankly. How about Canada. Thank you for hockey, Canada. Thank you for that. <clears throat> Dave Blunt at Moon Battery yesterday put this out. Canada to ban plastic items. There is nothing worth having that Moon Bats won't take away from you. In Canada, they are starting with the, the little things. Environment Minister Stephen Gilbo. Published draft regulations Tuesday outlining how Canada will ban the manufacture, sell, and import of plastic grocery bags and styrofoam takeout containers. Oh, thank God I can breathe easier. Because every time I see a, a styrofoam container, 
I, I lose my mind. I'm thinking, oh my God, you're killing the earth, man. That styrofoam container is like Satan in your hand. It's like Satan's carrying your food for you. It's that bad. Uh, along with plastic cutlery, well, I mean, they can find something that's not uh, styrofoam to put your food, I guess, to go or leftovers, whatever. But what are you going to eat it with? They're damn sure not going to give you uh, a nice cutlery set. Along with plastic cutlery, stir sticks. You don't even think about stirring up your coffee, fool. Don't even think about it, you evil white bastard. Straws. So don't throw you better drink that soda or iced tea, whatever it is. No straw for you, buddy, because Mother Earth. And six pack rings. No six pack rings are not uh, for a guy in the hood or in some white trash trailer park that wants to marry six women. No, that's not what they're talking about. Uh, it's the, what they put like six packs of Pepsi or seven up or whatever in and you carry it around. Yeah. I can't have those either. Uh, by the end of next year, banning everyday items, Dave Blunt adds that will make life more convenient is only, and he means only the beginning. <clears throat> Gilbo said the ban is only part of the story because what is being banned has got to be recycled. Standards for plastics to make them easier to recycle, as well as a requirement that half of all plastic packaging must be made from recycled material are also coming. Uh, the polar bears, stay blunt notes, we'll never know the difference because they're polar bears, but you will as imposed inefficiency drives prices higher. Too much charity is never enough to suit the activists driving the agenda. Karen Wersig of the environmental defense or environmental defense it's a activist group i imagine in canada barks that the big government also needs to expand the list of bans single use including hot and cold drink cups and lids you bastards with your cups and lids don't make me go make a carrot on you i will call the law on your damn plastic lids and styrofoam cups by god i don't care if your coffee gets cold I don't care because mother effing earth, loser. Oh, Lordy. And Dave Blunt adds this. This is very, very, very telling. Imagine living in a world, he asks, where you are only allowed to have what leftists consider necessary for you to have. Yeah, I think we'd probably be screwed. We would be screwed. Now... <clears throat> This is interesting. I've been trying to get this in and just have it. This is from Vox. And Vox is, uh, this is Dylan Scott who wrote this back in the middle of December. And he was talking about uh, coronavirus lockdowns and the Omicron and all that. uh, And Delta and all the other variants. He wrote, as an ongoing wave of Delta collides with a new Omicron variant. Uh, I think that would have involve a Delta Crom, right? Delta Crom? I don't know. Uh, traveling and gathering for the holidays. All signs now point to a massive wave of COVID-19 in the coming months. The question is what, if anything, we can do to prevent a worst case scenario. And... He goes on to list some of the failures of what we did before and how some of the flatten the curve stuff and how was it 30 days to stop the spread, however many days there were, and all that. And, and again, a lot of people didn't know how to deal with it. It was brand new. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, don't wear that kind of mask, wear this kind of mask, wear any kind of mask. Don't, again, just everywhere all over the place. But lots happened since then. A lot of the information you got wasn't maybe accurate because they didn't know and they were going on their best guesses i think and the messaging has been terrible i mean they should have said from the beginning be as honest with the people as you can about everything don't sugarcoat anything but everybody politicize that everybody use it as a stick to beat the other side with and again you saw what happened but then we come to this part of the piece the solution of Omicron and Delta or Delta Crom or 
Kardashian crom or whatever the hell. Apparently, this genius writing for Vox, it's time to flatten the curve again. Really? That didn't work, dude. Okay. Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. The Omicron variants could definitely push the health system into crisis. Even if the variant does tend to cause milder illness on average, as some early indications suggest, a certain percentage of infected people, especially unvaccinated people, are going to end up really sick. The bigger the denominator, which is infected people, gets the bigger the numerator, uh, it's hospitalized patients will too. The more hospitalization we see, the more deaths will be added to the 800,000 American lives lost so far. It's a matter of math, he says. <clears throat> so the goal of the, uh, of the of a successful pandemic response now is the same, Dylan writes, as it was in early two, 2020 to flatten the curve. It didn't work, man. Do, do you not get this? Just again, it's like they don't learn. They just keep regurgitating the same non-facts. This will prevent hospital systems from becoming so inundated with COVID-19 patients that they can't give everybody COVID-19 and other patients like the medical care they need. We know this can happen because it already has. This summer, doctors called facility after facility looking for beds for patients experiencing a cardiac emergency. Some of these patients died waiting for medical attention. The risk that someone will show up at their local ER with symptoms of a heart attack or appendicitis and be unable to get treatment because of staff shortages, bed shortages, or both will grow as case numbers rise. So if we need space in hospitals, we need medical staff to be able to get the people who need help. But flatten the curve didn't work. We all know that now. And here's a clown just, again, do the same thing over and over and over. Lock everybody down. No school. Got to go to school from home. Work from home if you can. If not, the government will write you a bunch of checks. And we'll have uh, bailout after bailout after bailout for the American people. that They're allowing, or not allowing to work, rather. And you see what will happen. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you can go read the rest of it. But the basic tenet is let's have more top-down federal government lock everybody down, uh, see how more businesses we can kill when we know so much more now than we did then. Uh, And we've got the vaccines. And again, the messaging stunk on vaccines because it should have been preached from the beginning that the major role of vaccines, yes, they, they help you not get sick to begin with, which is the best option. But if you do get sick, you won't get as sick. So you might not end up in a hospital. That should have been the message to begin with. Instead, they tried to play politics. They tried to be, again, this fascination with what can you fit in a 20-second soundbite because people don't have attention spans past 20 seconds. All that and more created this. And uh, the idea that Something that didn't work will work this time. That's the that's the ideology of the left. That's the perfect, perfect, perfect example of what leftism does. It doesn't work. Do it again. It still doesn't work. Do it again. It didn't work again. Well, go do it again. Just keep doing it even though it doesn't work. Unbelievable, my friends. And now Biden is, President Biden is, well, remember in the campaign he was talking about, uh, I think during the Democratic side of this, he was talking about fighting with a guy named Corn Pop when he was he was young and he grabbed a chain and wrapped it around the stick or sorry, his hand, whatever. And he backed Corn Pop down, whatever. Well, he's going to war, not with Corn Pop this time. Not In fact, not with any breakfast cereal or anyone named for a breakfast cereal, whether or not they ever existed or not, which I doubt they did. No, he's going after big meat. And no, ladies, I'm not talking about myself. Sorry. And no, AOC, by the way, I really don't wish to date you. One, you're too young for me. Two, you just get on my nerves and I'd break up with you. 
And it just never would work. So, no, I don't want to date you. In fact, no conservative man wants to date you. Okay? Maybe have a drunken one-night fling. Maybe. But date you? No. Because you are an idiot. Okay? So you and your boyfriend have fun in Florida. You were in Florida. And again, criticizing Florida and the governor of DeSantis. And yet you're in a state that's supposedly so dangerous of COVID. It's interesting, AOC. But anyway, Biden, according to Moon Battery, is going after the meat industry. When Biden's war on energy, Dave Blunt writes, produced skyrocketing energy prices, he astonishingly yet somehow unsurprisingly blamed energy companies. That's what the left always does. They overregulate, they increase prices that affect the business model, and then when the business starts charging more, that's unfair. What are you doing? Need more government intervention, oversight, oversight, corruption, greedy rich people, greedy rich people. Uh... And they just pressure them to do more when they can't. See, liberals and leftists don't understand basic economics. They just don't. Now, Biden may not understand basic anything anymore. We'll get to that later. But they, the government tries to fix things. They have policies that screw things up or make things worse. And then they blame not themselves not socialism, which are, that's the model they're using, basically. They blame the companies, the industries. Well, you did. Why, why can't you get this right? Because of stupid regulations <clears throat> and other stupid things that the government does. Remember, he also called for government intervention into gas prices going up. When the biggest culprit there was Joe Biden, shut down the XL pipeline, shut down this pipeline, shut down that, shut down that, no more drilling there, no more drilling on federal lands. The biggest thing our economy had going for as far as jobs, making money, all of that, and Biden, he couldn't help. He had to, almost on day one, he started kicking that can down the road uh, to ruination. And then blamed, of course, the greedy gas companies. And also begging OPEC OPEC for oil from uh, them when we were actually independent under Trump. We didn't need OPEC. We could tell OPEC, you know what? You see that door? Walk out that door, shut it, and don't come back in it. Go screw yourself. Go kick the can down the road. Go take a flying leap at a rolling donut, whatever. See you later, OPEC. But again, the liberals fixed that, didn't they? Amazing how they fix so many things by kicking America, American industry, and the American economy and the American worker square in the nuts. Isn't it? Metaphorically speaking, of course. His policies, Blunt continues, have also caused a dramatic rise in the cost of food. I know. Everyone who buys groceries knows. So this will come as no surprise. Biden is promising to fight for fair prices uh, for farmers and consumers Monday as he announced plans to combat the market power of the giant conglomerates that dominate meat and poultry processing. And Biden said, capitalism, man, without competition is capitalism. It's expletives, it's expertise, exploitation, that's it. Capitalism without competition isn't capitalism, it's exploitation. That's what we're seeing in the meat and poultry industry. Really, Joe? No, we're not. We're seeing government, again, blank things up. And you think you might know the word that the blank stands for. In other words... Dave Blunt transcribes this for you. Capitalism is a capitalism. Socialism is capitalism. Within the word exploitation, <clears throat> the Marxist-Leninist foundation of Biden's ideology peeks through like bright red underwear from behind his unzipped fly. I've never noticed that, but I really don't try to look there on other guys. Just saying it's not something I do. 
Uh, it might, you know, I mean, if you do, I don't know what's wrong with you, and you might get punched in the face. The inflation driving up food prices was largely caused by excessive government spending. Oh, yeah, inflation is caused when the government starts just throwing money around left and right, all willy-nilly. So naturally, Biden's solution includes, guess what? A lot of money. Well, I know if a billion dollars is, is a lot to the government anymore. <clears throat> but $1 billion in federal aid to assist expansion of independent processors and new competition regulations under consideration. In other words, meat prices are going to go even higher because the government's trying to get involved. Remember, I think it was during the first Bush administration, if I'm correct, or the second Bush administration, uh, there was a catastrophe coming because, by God, we were seeing uh, <clears throat> toilets flushing too much water. I believe I I forget the amount. I think it was eleven gallons. So that's just too much for a toilet to flush. Uh, so they reduced it. They got into Congress and made a rule: only certain number of gallons per flush per toilet, and they reduced it by like fifty percent, if if my numbers are correct. Uh, so what happened was a lot of people found that especially when they went number two, that also equaled two flushes because one flush wasn't getting everything out. See, the, the more water is used, you get everything out one time, you're done. If you have to flush twice, you end up, even though they've reduced the tank size, they've actually uh, increased the amount of water used. So if the solution was to, to tap down on water waste from toilet flushing, the government tried to fix it and made it worse. Because let's face it, if Congress fixed your tires, if it was, you know, come into to Schumer Auto Repair and you, something was wrong with your car, you needed some new tires. One's going flat. Okay, can you fix this flat? And uh, I don't know if you have to toss it, give me a new spare, whatever you need to do. You would get your car back in seven months. It would be a $17.5 million tab you had to pay. And not only would your tire still be flat that was flat before, all your other three tires would be flat. You wouldn't have a spare at all. And the hood to your car would probably be missing. And you probably couldn't turn the steering wheel left. Because the government can't do anything right when it comes to that kind of thing. This is, is what is causing inflation. Again, as Dave Blunt points out, throwing around too much free money causes inflation. And the solution to, that the Democrats have, throw more money around and you get more inflation. Cranking inflation even higher will make it easier for the government to pay its own debts. As if it planned to anyway. Eventually, the feds will take over the meat industry. Then we will never again have to worry about high meat prices, Dave Blunt notes. Because there won't be any meat. There'll still be a lot of cows, hogs, chickens, everything else. But, yeah, just won't be any meat. Uh, we'll be just like Venezuela one day. All standing in line for food. And the left will be happy. For the same reason that if you put Biden et al. in charge of the Sahara, there would be a shortage of sand. I forget the politician from back when that's, that made that remark, that if you put the government in charge of sand, deserts will turn into oceans. Uh, or words of that effect, anyway. And this dovetails nicely, as Dave Blunt points out. According to liberal doctrine, I'd call it leftist doctrine, but that's another day's debate, meat oppresses animals and makes it, uh, makes it be too nice outside as in air conditioning. And so we should eat bugs and weeds instead of meat. Because there's protein there too. Just let big government take control of the bug and weed supplier. We won't have those to eat either. This is why socialism fails over and over and over and over. And what do you always hear from the left? Well, we just haven't done it properly. If we did socialism like properly, like correctly... 
It is so simple. It would be a freaking paradise in this country. No more oppression or racism or thisism or thatism. No more isms at all. We'd be ism free. I mean, my God, it'd be perfect. It just hasn't been done correctly. Well, if the left is so smart and Marxism, excuse me, socialism is such a wonderful thing and so easy to figure out for the left, why can't they get it right? Why didn't the Soviet Union or North Korea or Red China or Venezuela or Cuba or Vietnam or any other place, Cambodia, just keep going? Name one place. East Germany, did it go, or Eastern Europe, did it go under the, uh, the control of the Soviets? Poland, Romania, did socialism, communism do well in any of those places? No. It destroyed lives. It killed 100 million people plus. And yet the left still thinks it can work. Talk about stuck on stupid. Two more stories to get to, my friends. So let's hit this hard and fast. And let's go back to Vox. And I'll just start out with this line. And it kind of tells you where the, where, the, uh, where the mindset goes. This is about COVID as well. It came out uh, December 16th of 21. Anna North wrote it. (sighs) She begins her column this way. For a moment in early 2020, it seemed like we might get a break from capitalism. Oh, that evil capitalism. Prosperity and oh, variety of products, freedom of choice, freedom to start your own business. Oh, it's so ugly, so hideous, and it ruins so many lives. They really don't get capitalism. They only see bad in it, never good. It's amazing. Anything America does well, they see as bad. So here we go with the the evil of capitalism. A novel coronavirus was sweeping the globe, and leaders and experts recommended that the U.S. pay millions of people to stay home until the immediate crisis was over. These people wouldn't work. They'd hunker down, take care of their families, and isolate themselves to keep everyone safe. With almost the whole economy on pause, the virus would stop spreading and Americans could soon go back to normalcy with relatively little loss of life. Obviously, that did not happen. Instead, white-collar workers shifted over to Zoom, often with kids in the background. And everybody else was forced to keep showing up to their jobs in the face of a deadly virus, which never was actually that deadly. Um, the vast majority of people who get it do not die. The vast majority are not hospitalized. And with this newest variant, Omicron, it's even lower than that. And a lot of experts, more and more doctors are saying this might be the end of uh not the end completely, but maybe the uh, the end of the really lethal, nasty version of coronavirus. Uh, because it's more like the flu, from what I hear. Now, it's been nearly two years since the beginning of the pandemic, a time that has also encompassed an attempted coup. An attempted coup. Oh, of course, January 6th was an attempted coup. You know, the left really, if they're going to learn these words, they need to to have somebody explain the definitions so they don't make incredibly stupid inane statements like calling January 6th a coup. I'm sure that is what this netwit is is aiming to uh, to say. Oh, we've also in- encountered innumerable extreme weather events likely tied to climate change. They're not innumerable. You could name them fairly easily. And Mother Nature has always been uh, well, that one word you'd never call a woman because she'll get really angry. Mother Nature can be a you-know-what. I mean, tornadoes, hurricanes, typhoons, uh, earthquakes, volcano eruptions, mudslides, wildfires. And those things have all been going on. I mean, it's too bad you can't take these people back on a magic journey to when the earth was uninhabitable. Nothing could live here at certain point billions and billions of years ago. 
Uh, how about when the dinosaurs were destroyed, wiped from the earth? Cataclysmic event. How about that? And there have been several mass extinctions, several, all types of things the earth has been through. And one day, yes, they say that uh, no one will be able to live here again. I'm not going to plan to be around in five billion years, but that's what they say. Things change, and things change, and cataclysmic weather events change. And don't pat yourself on the back too hard. People ain't, ain't capable of making that happen. <clears throat> An ongoing police violence against black Americans. Again, complete and utter bullshit statement. This is what the left does. They lie, they lie, they lie, they lie, they lie some more. And you just keep repeating the same lie over and over and over again, over and over again. Rewind, replay, rewind, replay, rewind, replay. That's just what they do. That's what they've always done. And they throw these accusations out there with no substantiation, no proof, as if it is the very gospel itself. And if you challenge them on it, they'll call you a fanatic, a denier. You, they'll say you don't believe in science, that you're a knuckle dragger, a moron, an idiot. You're some trailer trash and probably a white supremacist, too. And we've been expected to show up to work all through it. Well, that's what people do if they have jobs. They show up. That's the first part of doing a good job is showing your ass up. I mean, let's face it. You didn't just automatically become a terrible, idiotic writer for Vox, even though those are prerequisites to write for Vox. You had to work hard to be as stupid as you are, uh, young lady, Anna North. I don't know if she's young. I don't know if she's a lady, and I really don't care. It's not my business. I'm just trying to be semi-nice here because I'm tired of idiots like her lying through their damn teeth making things up, not substantiating anything they say, and getting by with it. They are nothing but propagandists, nothing but useful idiots to the, uh, to the, the neo-Marxists who call themselves progressives. <coughs> and we've been expected to show up to work through it all, she says. I don't think people are well, says Rihanna Elise Anderson. You know her? Rihanna Elise Anderson? She's a singer, right? Black girl, pretty. Oh, no, wait. That's another Rihanna, isn't it? That one's hot. And this one is some left-wing nutcase, I'm guessing. She's a clinical and community psychologist and professor at the University of Michigan School of Public Health. We are moving along, but we are certainly not well, she says. I'm doing okay. I mean, I got a bad knee. I got some joint pain. I'm damn sure can't do what I used to do. Shoveling snow the past couple of days has taught me what I could do in like two hours and just keep doing it until it's done a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to spend three days recovering. Uh, and it took me several, several 15, 20 minute bursts of what energy I have left to go do it. Uh, not fun, shoveling snow not fun you know what else wasn't fun when my 95 pound bulldog Dougal what a sweet animal has become he uh there was some ice on the front steps a few weeks ago and he busted his butt going down the stairs and <laughs> so now he's afraid to go up and down the stairs Half the time I have to go out there and like get down and go up step by step with him and encourage him. He's really afraid. And it was like that today with, again, snow all over the place. It's it's kind of pathetic, but he's a very sweet dog and I, I don't mind doing it for him. I wish it was warmer though. Um, <laughs> but it was kind of funny and kind of sad because... You know, you get this massive dog that so many people are afraid of because of the way he looks, all the muscles. And and you look at him and he's shivering in fear and you just keep encouraging him and keep encouraging him. And finally, I just went up to like the top step and said, come on, Dougal, come on, buddy. You got it in. Let's go. 
and he he took a step okay then another one then like he was inside it was it was cool uh but uh, he's struggling with that so if you say a prayer say one for Dougal and his his stare uh, was it stareophobia i don't know what it's called officially but back to this piece uh from vox for some americans working during the apocalypse is fatal apocalypse we have an apocalypse going on now Think of the transit workers who died from COVID-19 in 2020 or the Amazon warehouse workers killed by a tornado on December 10th in Illinois. So a tornado is now an apocalypse? It's a natural event, a natural storm, a natural disaster. And yes, sadly, people get killed in them. And I wish no one ever did. But you're comparing these things to the apocalypse. Have you ever read the Bible? Do you understand the magnitude of what the apocalypse is? No, you don't. You just get out your crayons and your construction paper and you go to writing. That's basically what all Vox writers do. And Salon and Slate writers too. I don't want to leave them out. Uh, All disasters are workplace disasters for some people, said Jacob Rims. Uh, who's a historian and the director of the Initiative for Critical Disaster Studies at New York University. For others, the effects are more of a slow burn, the chronic stress that comes with putting on a game face at work day in, day out as the world becomes even more terrifying. Sounds like some people are just pussies. Can I say that? I just did. Uh, of course, Americans haven't all quietly accepted the demanding or the demand that we work through the end of time. The end times are going on. The apocalypse, the end of everything is right now, apparently, according to this nitwit. Record numbers are quitting their jobs in search of higher pay. Here's a hint. If you're working and making money, you can seek higher pay. Send out your resumes. Indeed's a, a good source. There's a lot of good sources out there. ZipRecruiter, all kinds of, of ways to, to try to get a better job, a higher paying job. But quitting your job is actually going to automatically decrease your salary. Okay. So that's not a good idea. Quitting your job is not going to give you higher pay unless you already have another job lined up that will give you more pay. Oh, the things we have to explain to leftists. It's like getting the color inside lines or something. After more than 20 months of being asked to keep showing up uncomplainingly while everything crumbles around them, people are demanding a more humane approach to work in the age of interlocking crisis. Somebody's got a little bit of a fetish for the end of the world here. I think we're seeing a classic case of really bad leftist column that's based in idiocy, written in overly melodramatic fashion. That's the left for you. That's what they do. She continues the disaster. Whether it's the pandemic or climate change or the existential threat, the left loves the word existential now. It's their new. I think they get a little secret orgasm when they say it existential it's an existential threat oh that felt good okay existential oh my uh okay i'm not gonna go adult on y'all okay i'm not doing it uh an existential threat to democracy are all of the above a disaster can help to us to understand the ordinary structures of work differently The conditions we find ourselves in today, dark as they are, are an opportunity to remake, listen closely, to remake American culture around an ethic of care rather than productivity. That's fine to care, and we should care. We are the uh, the most diverse nation on earth. We're the most wealthy nation on earth. And guess what? We're the most racially diverse and religiously diverse country on earth. We have the most liberties on earth. And we're also the most productive, especially when Democrats stay the hell out of the way. Uh, But our culture 
of care, we care. We, we give and give and give and volunteer and volunteer and volunteer over and over and over. So we do care. We do give. We are charitable. And we're also productive. It's not one or the other. The left acts as if you have to be a, a caring, caring person. And the only way you ever succeed is just by being a greedy capitalist bastard that doesn't care about anything but money. They really don't understand capitalism and they don't understand America because they've been taught by Marxists to hate America. And this is the perfect example that we have a culture uh, of, of productivity, but not of care. It's just complete and utter baloney. She continues so that we can face the next disaster together. I think people came together pretty well under COVID. And pretty much all these disasters, the disasters, the, the, the tornadoes recently in Kentucky and Arkansas and uh, what, Virginia, Tennessee, Illinois, that area, Missouri, I think they come, came together really well, like they always do in these uh, emergencies and horrible situations. We can, we can go through the next disaster together rather than being forced to ride it out in isolated cubicles. Since the pandemic began, workers in America have faced compounding and contiguous crisis. I'm sorry, compounding and continuous new reading glasses are not working very well. Uh, probably because I can't get my fingers off the lenses. Off the lenses. But workers in America have faced compounding and continuous crisis, Anderson said. There's the threat of the virus itself which has taken a devastating toll of frontline workers with line cooks, warehouse employees, and agriculture workers at especially high risk of death in 2020. The first waves of the virus also brought economic hardships in the form of job insecurity, slashed hours, and depleted savings, anxieties that fell especially hard on black and Latinx workers, excuse me, who had less wealth than white ones to begin with, because there are no poor white people. We're all rich and affluent, don't you know? Please. I'm just waiting on the next $10,000 check I get every week from the brink of white privilege to get here and get direct deposit in my account. Then I'm going on a shopping spree. I'm going to buy a bunch of stuff I don't even need because white privilege. See, that's how they think America is, and it isn't. Trust me. There ain't no $10,000 a week coming to my banking account. God, I wish there was. I'd be happy. <sighs> All the left. As COVID-19 raged, Americans witnessed the murder of George Floyd. Yes, he was murdered. And yes, he was also overdosing, so he would have died anyway. And yes, he was a thug who robbed a woman at gunpoint and threatened her life. But he was an angel because one bad cop did what he did. And by the way, that cop was convicted. See, the system does work. And ongoing police violence against black Americans. There's that baseless charge again. No stats, no nothing to prove that that is a fact, a factual statement. Yet it's there again. A reminder that this pandemic was not the only threat to black life. <clears throat> At the same time, then-President Donald Trump refused to say whether he'd accept the results of the 2020 election, stoking widespread fear of the fate of American democracy. Good God, the melodrama. We don't have a democracy, we have a republic. Look it up, idiot. Have an adult read it to you and explain it to you. The second is that, uh, you know, after 2016, you know challenging results of the election? Democrats, because they lost. Same with 2004 and 2000. In fact, every time they lose an election, they challenge a result. But only Republicans do that, right? Again, having your facts straight could help you a lot there. But you just want to be a bad writer for Vox? You've nailed it. That day... Oh, wait, here we go. I'm sorry. Of course, we have to address the the attempted coup, the insurrection, the worst day ever for any people anywhere at any time, January 6th. 
worse than anything, hell, worse than every bad thing that's ever happened all put together and multiplied by 10. That's how bad January 6th was, if you listen to a leftist. His followers, Trump's followers, stormed the Capitol in an insurrection that left five people dead. And people are being tried for doing bad things that day. And there was some assholes out there. I'm not going to call them knuckleheads. They were assholes. And they should have never done it. And there's been a lot of people caught on camera instigating it that haven't been, uh, haven't even been pursued, apparently, by law enforcement. But what you had was a few idiots, the vast majority of Trump supporters, didn't want to do that. You had police holding doors open for people. I've seen the videos. I think I can tell what's going on. It's simple. The left has blown this out of proportion. Like they created the uh, the Russiagate garbage. All fake. Fake news was the perfect way to put it. And they never stopped. And that's what this writer is continuing to do. They just keep hammering you with the lies over and over and over and over. And unfortunately, too many people, if they hear the repetitious lie, they fall for it. That day, a tweet asking if we were really, quote, supposed to be working during the coup went viral as workers questioned whether we were still expected to be productive while the highest levels of American government appeared to be crumbling before our eyes. No one ever thought that. No one with that with a brain cell, much less a full functioning brain, thought that. No one. And I noticed this writer did not mention any of the the riots after George George Floyd death. How many businesses were destroyed? How many jobs lost? How many people lost all the businesses they shopped at? How many? How many elderly people lost their homes or lost their ability to go to work? Or their ability to go get in a, a local place very close, a hardware supplies or a grocery store or a pharmacy. What about those people who suffered? What about all the black business owners that had their businesses destroyed in this pursuit of justice for George Floyd? I don't see you bemoaning those people, Miss Vox Rider. I wonder why. Because you don't care. You care about destroying this country. That sums you up perfectly. You care more about discord and division and hurting America than you do about actual justice. People like this writer should never use the word justice because they don't know enough in their brains about what it is to use it with their mouths. This is the black heart of product of productivity culture. See, it's that we produce things in America. We have factories. We have companies that make things and sell things. We have restaurants from coast to coast that sell different foods. We are productive people. <coughs> and apparently being productive is now an evil thing to be. The, the maniacal focus on the individual capacity to produce Ah, the individual. They don't like individuals. Uh, it lies the external forces that could and should short-circuit our concentration and work ethic. That statement of idiocy is from Anne Helen Peterson, a noted communist, co-author of the book Out of Office. She wrote in her book, If we had time and space to process the tragedies of daily life, if we gave ourselves permission for deep empathy... <clears throat> then maybe we'd have the fortitude and will to fight for the changes that would actually make the world less traumatic. Or maybe if we had any damn common sense and weren't a communist idiot, we'd understand that tragedies happen. It's part of life. And they hurt like hell. And they have a great impact. And they can change your life. But we have to keep going. You can't sit and cry and feel sorry for yourself and focus only on that. Everything will stop. That includes any any charitable giving. That includes medical care. That includes everything. Yeah, we do have to keep producing because people need to live and be able to strive to get better and make more money. 
I know that's evil because it's capitalism, but really, these people do not live in the real world. And they use phrases like, if we give ourselves permission for deep empathy, you have to ask yourself for permission. What, do you write a letter for that? Maybe you even mail it to yourself. It makes it seem more official that way. Oh, look, it's from me, and it's for me. Dear you or me or you know who you are, who I am, can I have some permission to to process some pain in my life? And then you have to write back. Oh, maybe, uh, maybe give me a couple of days to think about it. Well, you know, yes, you can. And maybe you just email this. I don't, these people are idiots, folks. Then the coup was over. There was no coup, I point out again. Some companies gave employees extra days off or expanded mental health options or yoga classes. Yoga classes. Ah, yoga classes. My favorite thing about yoga classes, yoga pants. On, on some women, not all. Because not all butts are the same, ladies. And men, that doesn't apply to you because A, I'm not gay, and B, men should never wear yoga pants. Just saying, don't do it. Uh, but mostly it was business as usual. The answer to whether Americans were expected to work during the coup was basically, yeah. So we should have just shut everything down. We need to shut everything down right now. No one works. No one produces anything. No restaurants are open. Post office is closed. Doesn't matter if you put that letter in your mailbox. Doesn't matter. Everybody just take off. Everything closed. Then we can all have empathy and we can ask ourselves collectively for permission from all of us. You want to talk about a clusterfuck of stupidity? This is the definition of it. Since then, the crises have kept compounding. A new variant of the coronavirus stalks the globe, stoking fear and uncertainty in leaders and ordinary people alike. You got things, it's one thing right. A lot of our leaders ain't ordinary people. They're morons like you. Uh, tornadoes killed at least 90 people across six states in December, and what one federal official warned will be the new normal due to climate change. Oh, here goes the wild-haired accusations, the wild-haired predictions and prognostications of doom, doom, and doomier doom. <clears throat> American democracy looks even more at risk with experts warning that the country is sleepwalking. I'm whispering, I don't want to wake us up if we're sleepwalking. I heard you're not supposed to wake up a sleepwalker, so I'm being careful. Toward a future in which votes no longer matter. Complete and utter bullshit. If you want votes not to matter, go with what the Democrats want to do because they want to federalize all the elections to ensure power for approved candidates only. Workers haven't just been sitting still through all this. They've been quitting jobs in record numbers all year long. Those numbers have included many low-wage workers who left for <coughs> better-paying jobs. If you leave your job for a better-paying job, you're still in the workforce. And if you quit your lower-paying job and you don't have a better-paying job to go to, you're a moron. It's that simple. It really is. Uh, the Atlantic's Derek Thompson reports, Indeed, workers next year could experience the biggest pay increase since 2008. Thousands are also striking or joining unions to take back at least some power from their employers. You know, I worked in Texas where and Florida, both right-to-work states. You didn't have to join a union if you didn't want to. And you know what? I get the same protections as everybody else. Of course, only worked in one place where there was an actual union. And let me tell you what, the people there, some of the dumbest damn people I've ever seen in my life, when the company came to a point it wasn't doing so well, the the people who got paid salary, they took a 10% pay cut. The choice for the union workers, the hourly workers, was you would go from five eight-hour days to four nine-hour days, so you'd do four hours out of 40, a 10% pay cut, You'd get an extra day off. And, of course, that was voted on. I thought it was a great idea. Yeah, I'll take four days working and three days off. Sure. No, they all hated it. They all thought it was a plot against them to cheat them. 
And of course they voted to, uh, to do it. And I don't know how many people told me, eh, screw it. I'll go on unemployment. That's easy. I'll make some money. I'll sit around. I'll get another job eventually. Great work ethic by those union workers at that plant. I was a 20 year old kid actually just turned 20 and I knew better than these 40, 50 year old women and men that, uh, basically just had a union job and they didn't care if they worked. They didn't care. They were all little socialists. Thousands are also striking or joining unions. Americans from office workers to Olympians are speaking out about the importance of prioritizing their mental health. Your mental health is important. But you know what? Everyone gets in bad moves. Everyone goes through mild depressions. Everything ha- Everyone has hurtful things in their life. And doesn't mean you have to take a month or six weeks off or anything like that. It just means you deal with it. This means to deal with it, my friends. And one more. Actually, no, that's it. I'm done. You can read the rest of this masterful piece at uh, at Vox if you wish to. Uh, it is uh, it is painful. It's called The World as We Know It is Ending. Why are we still at work? So basically, everyone just quit their jobs, quit producing. Just the money will come from somewhere, right? The money will come from somewhere. I'm going to get to the Joe Biden story uh, next time. That'll be tomorrow. Sorry about taking the time off. Things happened. I couldn't really explain it at the time. For now, I will talk to you tomorrow. God bless y'all. Take care. Thank you for listening. God bless America. If you're left, you just ain't right. And go Gators. I'm ready for next September already. Take care, kids. This is Doug Hagan. We'll talk to you tomorrow.